0: This is Hawkside Guns podcast. What's up y'all? Welcome to another edition of Eye Guns. This week I am Currently podcasting on Black Friday. I probably won't come out on Black Friday because I am lazy. However, that is what's happening today. So uh, it's just me again. And what I'd like to do today is to talk about something that uh, I've been kind of working on for the last couple of weeks here. And when I say last couple of weeks, about a month and change because shipping sucks and so does a lot of folks fulfillment in ordering things and stuff of that nature right now. Uh, I've mentioned the last cast that I've gotten quite a few, well, not quite a few, I should tone that down. I've gotten several new guns, uh, some of which I owned for a couple of weeks and went, I don't like this. Uh, But one of the ones that I really of dug uh, and I've been getting back into recently is pump action shotguns. Uh, I talked a little bit last time about, actually, that's not true. I talked a lot last time about the Remington 10 and one of the things, one of the reasons I got that shotgun is because one of the guns that I used to have came back. If you are familiar with the beginning of this cast and the kind of start of Uh, At the tender age of 40 years old, as I was six years ago, uh, I went out into a field and started trying to shoot at Flying Pottery with a Winchester 1200 pump-action shotgun in 20 gauge. Probably about a month after that, I wanted something else. I wasn't really happy with the 1200, and and it kind of follows through to this day because I got my hands, uh, I think last year the year before on an SXP, and I hated that too. I For some reason, I didn't like the way it was set up. I, I didn't like the way it, it felt, or, or it shot fine. It's a fine shotgun. A lot of people love them. I just didn't, it wasn't my speed. And I got my hands on a pair of 870s, one of which my father has to this day. He's never let it go, uh, which was a 1952 Remington Wingmaster. And the other one was a 2016 Remington Express in 20 gauge. Now, Dad's was a 12 and mine was a 20 because at the time I was still shooting 20s. And I, I do still like shooting 20 gauge shotguns. It's it's a lot easier on your shoulder. You can shoot it all day. It doesn't ever give you a problem. You can swing them quick. It's, it's a pretty fun gun to shoot. I gave mine to my brother uh, a couple of years ago to kind of entice him to shoot. That did not work out. Uh, he did not really want to shoot. In fact, he I got the gauge right. He likes 20-gauge shotguns, but he does not like pump action. He likes automatics. God, I i was killing two birds with one stone. I really wanted my Remington 20-gauge Express back because I love that gun, and I wanted to shoot it. And, and there was some stuff uh, it's kind of hard to get. A, a 870 of any kind of quality for the things that I do with it. And we'll go over that here in a minute, but it's, it's a little harder to, to get your hands on one now. And one of the things that I decided I'd do is I would trade my brother, a 20 gauge automatic that I had laying around. That was a, I'd gone all through it and it's, it's well groomed and, and well taken care of and, and kind of restored back to its former glory. And trade him back the Express. And when it came back, I went, wow, I forgot that Remington, before 2020, when they were kind of having a tough time of it, how they were not exactly as good as a wingmaster. The Expresses were not the same quality. And I forgot all about that. I forgot why. I forgot that it just didn't feel the same as a Wingmaster. No matter what we did to the Wingmaster, it still felt better quality, like better quality, even though it was 50 years old or 70 years older than the gun I had in my hand, it still felt like it was a better quality gun. And I'm like, man, that's weird. Why is it like this? And as it turns out, there are reasons it's like that. And you have to go back a little ways to find out really what's going on. Uh, As far as I can tell, and sources kind of vary, but uh, as far as I can tell, the Remington 870 pump-action shotgun came out in around 1950. And it was designed to kill, or knock off the top spot, the Winchester 12, which is iconic and a bit fussy. If you've ever put one together, or taken one apart, or done the assembly-disassembly on it, or something like that, it's a fine shotgun. Don't get me wrong. It is good. But The 870 was specifically designed to make it easier uh, both on uh, assembly and disassembly, both in maintenance and and ease of use to unseat the Winchester 12. And that's exactly what it did. And the pinnacle of that line, of the 870 line, was the 870 Wingmaster. It was considered the gold standard amongst pump-action shotguns for eh, this is arguable but arguably at least for 30 years from 1950 to arguably 1980 it was the pump action shotgun to have it was considered the most reliable the best pump action shotgun you could buy and by many now there might have been other ones that that perhaps stood Uh, at the same level, but not nearly the same volume, or it didn't have the same reputation. It was just a good, solid quality gun. Well, in... uh, somewhere... uh, and stories conflict on this, but it's it's somewhere around 1980, Remington Express, which has been around for a very long time, uh, arguably as long as the Wingmaster, uh, the Express was the budget version of the 870. And around 1980... They started kind of tinkering with it because before this, the the 1980 or the 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 Remington Express was the 870 Express was everyone knew it was kind of lesser, right? It didn't have the same finish. It didn't have the same stocks. Instead of nice walnut, beautiful walnut stocks with a Dupont glossy finish, it had birch stocks with kind of a yeah finish, and the bolt didn't have the same kind of finish and you know, finish on it. And you know, the bluing wasn't as good and, and it was just that kind of thing. It was just a lower budget gun. There wasn't anything wrong with that. It's just, that's what it was. And in 1980, they started having a problem because in the 19 or I think 60s or 70s, the Mossberg 500 came out and the Mossberg 500 was two things. There was a problem for the big green, One was it cost less than a Remington 870. And the other thing was it was just as reliable. And this was cause for concern at Remington because it was cheaper than the lowest model, being the Remington Express, that they could do. And it caused sales to slump a little bit. Well, in 1988, both companies made kind of or the late 1980s and in fact i know it was 1988 with mossberg because the rebel or maverick 88 came out which was a stripped down version a synthetic stocked stripped down version of the mossberg 500 came out and it was as people jokingly consider or say the poverty tier shotgun and it really wasn't much but it did two things really, really well. It covered home defense for the person who didn't want to spend a lot of money on it, and it was eminently interchangeable. There was a strong aftermarket for it, which uh, previous hitherto, Remington was really the only one who enjoyed a large, strong aftermarket for the base-tier shotguns. And they made a mistake. Actually, they made two mistakes, one right after the other. One, they tried to chase down Mossberg and become or be competitive at the quote-unquote poverty tier level for the gun. And the second thing they did is they could not pivot away from their 1950s plan, which was, we will become the greatest pump-action shotgun on the market. And they were that. And they could not be convinced that the Remington 870 Wingmaster was not the best shotgun available uh, in in pump action. And they were right. The problem was, everybody doesn't want, the the market didn't want the best pump action shotgun available. They wanted the one they could afford. Because 90% of the people buying these quote-unquote Low tier, basic tier, bottom tier, poverty tier shotguns weren't using them for things that the wingmaster was good at, which was hunting and, and being beautiful and taking it out into a field and enjoying shooting. Nope, they were loading high brass buckshot or slugs in them and throwing them in a closet in case of emergencies. And nobody wanted to pay the exorbitant amount, uh, which was five, six times what the Maverick 88 or the Rebel 88, depending on where you got it, you could get it at Sears, you could get it at Farm and Fleet, you could get it almost anywhere, would cost you. And those two things, as it wound up, I'm now not saying that Remington didn't make other mistakes, but chasing the 500 and the 88 actually caused Remington to be in wildly bad financial shape because they just couldn't make the express cheap enough they just couldn't do it and what they started doing especially in the 90s is making horrible guns uh trying to chase the poverty tier level there were as i had researched uh because i really wanted to look uh, to kind of segue back into what i was looking at i had a 2016 remington express 20 gauge 870 i wanted to make it it didn't it felt like a cheaper 870 because that's what it was uh, and I wanted to make it cool, right? It had it had seen a little wear between uh, my brother and and I, and and taking it out to a field for the last six years. Uh, it was it has seen probably about four, maybe five thousand rounds through it. A lot, a lot of rounds uh, for for a pump action shotgun to to go and do stuff. It's it's a, it was a seen duty as a snake killer. Uh, it's done. Uh, so it shot a couple of skunks, got a porcupine once. Um, it's just varmint gun uh, is what we use it for, and also clays. It's, it's very utilitarian and, and all-purpose, and which is exactly what it was made for. It's a field gun. And for me, I used it as a varmint gun as well, and it's fantastic for it, and I, I really wanted it back. I got it back, and I went, I to have better guns than this. So I wanted to research what's the difference What's the difference between a Remington Express? It's an 870 Express and an 870 Wingmaster. Why does this feel so different? And the answer is actually a little bit more than I thought. Obviously the stocks, right? If you look at a, a Wingmaster, it's got these beautiful polished walnut stocks, and my Express had for lack of a better, we'll call it stain, but it's pro, it's kind of painted on brown that's over birch uh they're not bad looking but they ain't good looking either they're very very basic uh but they're not quality it also has and this is a pet peeve of mine that i really don't like and it's got press checkering if you don't know what that is uh, if you've ever seen checkering checkering is is engraved or etched either by a tool of some sort uh you know like a a chisel or or uh a, a checkering tool or a laser uh but it it digs out part of the wood to make a checkering pattern well to get again less expensive but still provide checkering because the mossberg 500 or the maverick 88 did not have checkering uh, for a very long time they decided that they would use what's called a press check and what it is is exactly what it sounds like they take the stock in its form and uh, they would take a big tool with a hydraulic press and then press The checking into the gun. Now, what this did is it reversed the checking. So it does have checkering, but they're all indented, right? So nothing sticks out. It doesn't feel like normal checkering, and it's less, much less grip, and it's really kind of cheap. Plus, you can't fix it. You have to shave it if you ever want to fix a press-checked gun. Uh, You have to shave it or or sand it all the way off, including the indentions that the press leaves because it compresses the uh, fiber of the wood. I've shaved it down really a lot to get under that thing and then recheck it and you wind up with this really wasp tapered uh, handle, which works for some people, but my just kind of meat hooks don't, uh, don't really fit on something that small, especially in a 20 gauge. So I didn't really like that part. So that was the obvious thing. Also, the second obvious thing is one is blued and the other is black. So I have a black coating on my gun. It's kind of a black, uh, uh, I don't know if you want to call it paint or Cerakoting or whatever. I, actually, it's not Cerakoting. That's too expensive. But it's kind of a black coating uh, that goes on to it. It's not Parkerized, but it's just kind of a black. You fix it with a black paint pen, basically, uh, instead of this nice blued finish like the Wingmaster. Now... I actually don't mind the black finish on my gun, uh, mostly because you can scratch it and go get a Birchwood Casey pen, you know, like one of those uh, uh, blackout gun fix pens, and just kind of shake. It's got a little ball bearing in there. You just shake it and then dab that stuff on the gun, and it it takes care of it perfectly. And a little steel wool, and you'll never know it's there. So I actually don't mind that. So that was another change or uh, another difference between the two. The third difference was something that I had fixed over time anyway, and that's a Wingmaster gets polished action bars. And I think they're they're tumble polished in some aggregate at the factory, and it's an extra step. And it makes the slide really just smooth, just like butter, right? Uh, the Express doesn't get that. It's a little bit more clunky. Now, my gun has seen about... Three, maybe three to 5,000 rounds, let's just say four for ease of sake, or ease of talking, 4,000 rounds through it, it's worn them smooth. So it is perfectly smooth. So that's the third change or the third difference. The fourth difference was something I had not considered in that, the chamber on a, uh, again, they're trying to save money, right? They're trying to come on under or, or try and stay maintain price cost with the Mossberg 500. So one of the things that they didn't do on a lot of the later express guns, uh, somewhere the late 80s to the early 90s on, was polish the chamber or hone the chamber. The chamber was actually pretty rough on that barrel and it caused all kinds of problems it caused sticking problems it would cause ejection problems it would cause loading problems it would cause all kinds of stuff and one of the easy things to do is to get in there and polish or hone the chamber with some polishing compound and some steel wool and and uh honing compound that kind of thing and there's there's a plethora of videos on how to do that online and i actually have done that to several of the guns before so i said huh okay well i have some polishing compound and some steel wool and a drill and i'll just get this thing polished right up and it did and it's beautiful looks like a mirror in there so that was another thing that i had to change but i i went ahead and fixed that surprisingly enough there were still two differences left that made a big Change into the function or reliability of the gun because the expresses in the late nineties on, or mid to late nineties on, were considered to be rather unreliable for an eight seventy. The two things that that was was one was the extractor, and the extractor would wear pretty quickly and was of less quality than the police guns or the Wingmaster. Now the extractor is the little piece on the side of the bolt that just grabs hold of the ring on the bow or the lip on the back of the shell and he yanks it out of the chamber. And if it gets worn, breaks, or, or otherwise has an issue, you're not ejecting anything. And uh, such was the problem with a lot of guns. So uh, I got a nice Vortensen's extractor and changed that. And then I went to the last item, which was the follower. Now, on my... Gun, there's a a plastic follower, and the the follower is the thing right in front of the spring that pushes the shells in the magazine tube, uh, so that it feeds. And one of the things that it can do is it can get kind of deformed, or it can get uh, kinked, or it can get kind of gouges in it, or whatever it is, because it's riding in in and out of there, and it's plastic, and it just kind of gets because of the heat and whatever else, it gets kind of not right. I ordered a stainless steel follower for it. Now, the other thing I did was the stocks. Now, the thing about the stocks is they are not so great on the Express, as I've said. So, I wanted to get a better set of stocks. I went to eBay to see if I could get uh, some Wingmaster or, or better stocks to... Uh, the gun. And as it turns out, you can. I mean, there's a bunch of people uh, selling their takeoffs or selling uh, different stocks to it. And, and really, if I wanted to do that anywhere from 40 to $120, I could have had any takeoffs uh, or Wingmaster stocks or anything like that that I wanted. The problem was the rest of the gun, I was like, man, this is really cool. I, I want something a little different, and I went to Boyd's Hardwood Boy Gunstocks. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Boyd's, they do a ton of gunstocks. stocks, uh, it just uh, custom for everything. I have uh, two of them, one of them for my 6.5 Creedmoor, which I got a Spike Camp, and uh, the other one was for a shotgun I gifted to somebody. That uh, just the, the stocks were not something that she could get her hands around because uh, she had very small hands, and I wanted something that was a lot more custom so that she could get you know hook a thumb in for the rifle or the uh, the gun she had. Uh, that was something a lot more preferable to her, and I got one for that. So the stocks I chose at Boyd's were uh, eight seventy. American Plainsman stocks, uh, both the fore-end and the uh, buttstock. And I went with the, uh, I think it's Shady Camo uh, version, which is basically gray and tan and brown, uh, which matches the woods uh, around where I live. I know some like in the uh, Pacific Northwest, it's, it's gray and brown and red and uh, I think it's on the kind of Appalachian areas it's gray brown and green or maybe that's swapped I can't remember Uh, but anyway there was no green or red in this one uh, because I wanted it to match kind of the area that I was in and it took man it's like waiting on Christmas for those things to come back because I ordered technically speaking the forend and the buttstock was two stock so I mean it took forever like almost a clean month Almost a clean month to get these things back. The problem is they're really sexy and they look really great. And once I got them on the gun and I had done all the other changes to the Express, it's really kind of no longer an Express. That is, uh, for all intents and purposes, a Wingmaster in all but name. In fact, in some areas it's better than a Wingmaster. I think the stocks are actually prettier than Wingmaster stocks, and I know that's a uh, to some older people that is a blasphemy. But I, I truly believe <laughs> these things are just gorgeous. And and if you look at the uh, the site the the site picture for or the cast pick for this particular podcast, you'll see what I'm talking about. They're just absolutely gorgeous on the gun. So uh, I I kind of built my own Wingmaster out of the Express and. Uh, once I got it all together and once I saw it and ran it, uh, you know, ran some some shells through it. I haven't shot it yet. I've just kind of uh, ran some snap caps through it. Uh, it is smooth. I, I can't really tell the difference between the extractor and the uh, follower, but that's more of a maintenance issue as far as uh, longevity and non-jamming, although i except for a couple of times at the very front of when I owned the gun. Uh, I haven't really had that once I kind of loosened everything up and, and all that. But the, that's a very frustrating experience. You buy a brand new gun, it's an Express, and uh, they 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 had a tactic that you would just bang them on the ground to get the extractor to pull the shell out, the expended the shell. That was a problem. I think the version that I have is exceptional now i really do i i, I love everything about it. it it looks wonderful it feels great uh the the thing that are uh, the things that i didn't like about it have now been swapped out and and i'm very happy what's interesting to me is and i i'm going to shoot it so uh, either a follow-up cast or or uh, something I'll tag along in the in the new near future for another cast I will shoot I haven't shot it yet it's been Thanksgiving and I couldn't go and it was rainy here and uh, it's just it was a nightmare because I finally got it together and I, I haven't shot it yet it's been killing me however all that to say what's interesting to me is is Remington no longer makes the express for very specific reasons one it got very bad name because it wasn't the same quality as the wing master. Uh, buying a, a Mossberg just was cheaper, still is. And really, it is a, depending on the reason I did, I tried to do a lot of research on this and, and look it up, but depending on who you ask and, and what's going on, Remington kind of went down swinging, chasing the Mossberg 500 down to the bottom. And they couldn't ever get it as inexpensive as the Mossberg and make money. So the Remington 870 Express was a contribute, not the only contributing factor, but it was a contribute a contributing factor to trying to chase Mossberg. And it just, it, it killed him. It really did. It killed him. Uh, now, uh, Remington actually makes a, a bunch of 870s. Uh, they, they make like eight versions of the field gun, which is which is funny because everybody buy nobody buys the field gun uh, anymore or not as many people because there's you know a, a ton of them right there's the the super slug and the turkey and the and the marine magnum and the field master and the home defense and the wing master and the wing master classic trap but what's interesting is the express is no longer with them they they're just not competing on that level anymore so what I have is something they don't even do anymore because they can't and it didn't go well and I've kind of revived it to be something better than that. But what's interesting is if you look at the new 870 Fieldmaster it it kind of they they kind of learned their lesson a little bit and and I don't know if that's you know, partially because of the new management or partially because, like, that's all they have left. Because, you know, if you look, they only have a couple of guns. They've got the 1100. The, the It's on their website left, right? They've got the 1100, the Versa, which are very difficult to find. Uh, new versions of those. I've gone to three gun shops. They don't have any of them in stock. Uh, and they don't plan to get any of them until at least next year, and they're not too sure about that. Uh, they have a bunch of 870 tacticals. But uh, that's that's neither here nor there. But uh, the, Remington itself doesn't have a lot of guns left. Marlin went to Ruger. The ammunition went uh, to, I think, Vista. And all they really have left is like three guns, the 1100, the Versa, and the 870. Well, they're not doing the Express anymore because there was too many problems. It got too bad a name, and it killed the last company or helped kill the last company. So what they did is they... They kind of did the same thing I did in the Fieldmaster. They took the Express or they took the the 870 and went, okay, how can we make this work for mid-tier? We're not not competing on that low tier anymore. We can't. We've proven we can't. So what can we do? Well, nobody's going to want to pay for the Wingmaster. It's too much money, and we've proven nobody wants to do that. It is the best pump-action shotgun, or at least they think it is, and I would largely agree. However... Mossberg's still eating their lunch in the poverty tier. Let's do a mid-tier pump-action shotgun. What would that look like? And what's funny is, with very few differences, it's exactly what I built in my Express. It is black-coated, just like mine. Uh, They went back and made a better extractor. They went back and put better stocks on it that are laser-cut. And they've really kind of made that they split the difference like they should have before uh now the action bars uh now i felt one uh, a friend of mine has one uh, for uh about a couple of weeks and so he didn't really get a lot in it but he you could run the bars they're not quite as smooth as mine mine's had several thousand rounds through it but they are smoother than a stock express so it's kind of cut the difference in between at least at least in the version i saw uh, the Walnut's pretty decent. I mean, it's a it's a good field gun. It's a good mid-grade field gun. They fixed the Express by not doing an Express. They fixed the things that needed to be fixed and left it from there, which is an interesting way to, to deal with that. They're like, look, we're not going to... The way we're going to win in the low tiers, we're not going to compete in the low tier. But what's interesting to me is there are a ton of tactical versions, and you can tell that what people do is use the tactical. I mean that's that's what everybody does. There's a, an 870 sidefolder and an 870 tactical magpole and the 870 model tactical, right? Where it's just, you know, it's got the the big muzzle brake on there and the big uh, amaz- uh magazine tube and a picatinny rail and then you got the synthetic tactical which is as far as I can tell the only one with all the, with nothing on it. It's just a synthetic version of the 870. Uh, With a short barrel, you've got the synthetic Tactical 7 round, and you've got the uh, 870 Tactical 6 position stock. You know, it's got the collapsible stock on it. Uh, They have more versions of the tactical version of this thing. Now, they do have a a V3 or a Versa 3 competition tactical, which is mainly done for 3-gun, but good luck finding one of those. Uh, and a v, uh, V3 Tactical, which is just the blacked-out version of it. And it's not to green like the other one is. Uh, but other than that, I can find very few differences between the two. But there's there's a ton of of Tactical versions. And what's sad to me, a little bit sad to me, is I think that we've largely kind of moved on. Uh, Bona had an interesting take on it. He said the... the Reliability of the automatic or semi-automatic, auto-loading shotgun. The improvements on it over the years have killed, effectively killed, the slide-action or pump-action shotgun. Because if somebody who is under 30 years old goes to buy a shotgun, they're not going to buy a pump-action for anything but defense. They're not. It, they don't look at a pump-action shotgun as man that's a great field gun or that's a great hunting gun that's a great target gun they don't see that what they see is i need an automatic a good reliable automatic and the problem is it's very difficult to argue with that there's a ton of great automatic automatics out there and honestly i think and obviously this bears out in the market i think mossberg actually had it right People want if you're, you know, uh, gonna go down the line and look at the pump-action shotguns sold. There's really two versions that you have to be concerned with, or have to be looking at. Right there's the home defense version and the field version. Now the home defense version, all the tacticals get looped in there because that's really what it is. Okay, you're not taking this thing to war. You're 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 talking about home defense. So, the 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 shopper who's going to be looking at that is really going to break one of two ways, and it apparently they break cheap a heck of a lot more than they break expensive, right? So they'll break towards the cheap ones. You're talking about your Rock Islands, your Mossbergs, your your you know your your, 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 your you know your Tri Stars, those kind of things. Uh, Savage, you know, the Savage 320 comes to mind. There's there's just Uh, a need for that. A cheap home defense gun that you know is always going to work. You're going to stick it in a closet and hope to God you never have to shoot it or shoot anybody with it. That's most of the pump-action shotguns sold in the United States. I mean, it's sad to me. It's sad, but it's true. I mean, that's really what people are looking for. Now, you can get a tactical gun and you can spend as much money as you can throw at it at a tactical gun, right? It's, It's not... There is no cap on this, okay? You can spend just as much money on a pump-action tactical as you can an automatic tactical. It's, it's crazy how much these things can cost. And, and more power to them. It's great. But to me, I look at the 870, and, and maybe it's because what I do, I shoot clays, right? That's what I do. I do sporting clays. And if a gun's not useful for sporting clays for me or a very specific other type of thing, um, I'm not into it. I have a hunting gun. I uh, actually have two uh, now, uh, one of which I, I will uh, talk about in another cast, but I, I have a bolt action and a pump action. Both of them are what I would consider my hunting guns, and I don't hunt very much. I hunt because of work and because of things that I have to do on occasion and have to go out with clients and stuff. Uh, that's just required for part of my job, but I I look at it as kind of a sad thing that that the pump actions, are they're not going away, but I think they're... In the industry, I think perhaps what has happened is they are the same level as a double barrel now, right? Both an over-and-under or side-by-side. They're a specialized thing that specialized people want that they exist. You can absolutely get one, but it's not the same as it used to be. And you're going to have to go towards a very reduced number of them. And a very reduced, so it's either goes really, really high end or really, really low end, but there's really nothing in the middle. And that's where most people sit. Most people sit to the low to the middle end. A lot of people don't have money for a $3,000 gun or a $2,000 gun or something like that. That's a lot of money for one of those. Um, now, pump actions generally don't go that high, but but I think they are going like the really nice ones, like an old Wingmaster or something like that, are going. the prices for those are going to be punched higher up. Because they simply aren't around. The reason they were so low cost in the past is because you could go to any store and go get one at any time. tell you what you do. You go to your local gun store and you see if they've got one on the rack. You see if they've got one hanging on the wall, a wingmaster, a new one. I bet you they don't. And if they do and you're into it, buy it because they just aren't making very many right now. But uh, it was it was kind of a sad thing for me, but uh, it, it was cool that you can still do this. Like, I can still build a really nice 870 uh, the way I want to do it because I was never really happy with my old 870, my my 870 Express. I just ne- was never really happy with it, so I gave it away the first time. And I, I, I realize now what I should have done. Uh, years afterwards after I've been customizing guns and, and restoring them and stuff is I should have just torn it down and done this to it a couple of years ago and I'd have been just as happy but it didn't occur to me then I just well I'll get some, I guess I'm not an 870 guy and I I got rid of it and now oh okay of course I, I just build it different and I'll like it you know, just like I do with everything else I, I don't know why it didn't occur to me then but it does now so Anyway, I, I, I really thought it was an interesting process. It was an interesting thing that has happened in the market that that these guns have sort of moved around and shuffled a little bit. And, you know, they were the kings of of pump actions. The 870 was the king of pump actions in the 50s, 60s, 70s, right? Um, I think it's obvious now to anybody who's looked that uh, Mossberg owns that crown. They have sold more Mossbergs than 870s, uh, especially since um, 2020. I mean, they were really, really close before 2020, really neck and neck. And once 2020 hit and Remington went into bankruptcy and literally stopped making guns for a little while, Mossberg just flew by them at the speed of sound, especially since all the panic buying and everything. There are more Maverick 88s sold in 2020 and 2021 than you could shake a stick at. They were selling them as fast as they could make them, and they always had more. So um, Mossberg has obviously won that title for king of the pump actions. What's interesting to me is it isn't the best gun you know, or the the most beautiful or the the smoothest or the the one with the best materials it's the cheapest most reliable and that's that's what one the market spoke and that's what people wanted and it's weird that i don't fall in that group um i do have a a mossberg 500 but it's a 410 because i i like shooting 410 with it um i've had other mossberg 500s i've had other 870s but uh, what's interesting to me is just the the juxtaposition of how it came about and, and what people are doing with those old guns that, necessi- that aren't necessarily made anymore. Uh, there's not a lot of Wingmasters out there right now as far as new ones. There's, there's Expresses they're not even doing in those anymore. and Some would argue for good reason, and I can't really argue with that. But you can take those old guns and make them something better. You can take you know, uh, the, the field master. And it's basically what I just did to the express. I mean, they like they're learning, they're evolving, but it took bankruptcy to get them there. It's fascinating to me. Uh, but, uh, there'll be a follow-up for this one. Uh, when I actually go and shoot it, I, uh, like I said, I haven't put around through it yet. I have no idea. I could have just wildly changed the, the look and feel. I mean, I've changed the look, but I could have radically changed the feel in a bad way. I, I don't, think so it feels really good these these boyd stocks feel really good uh but we'll see how it shoots you know i'll put a new choke in it and and uh we'll we'll get there but uh, i just wanted to kind of go over that and and you know talk about what happened with this like what is going on at big green you know like uh, there's no what do you mean there's no express there's been an express longer than i've been alive well it sucked uh what do you mean you can't find a wingmaster well they're not making a whole ton of them right now you know maybe that'll change for 2023 but kind of doesn't look like it you know what sells well the black gun sell. you know the tactical sell. um so it's it's just really really a weird time for field gun guys uh and i'm a field gun guy i i I love Tate dragging them out there and and blowing up clays. I mean, that's that's what I use a shotgun for 9 times out of 10. 99 times out of 100. Uh, so it's it's fascinating and and just interesting to me and we will uh, we will see how it shoots. <laughs> but thank you guys for listening and, and listening to me babble and and go on about it and uh, we will get a uh, another cast. I've got another gun that I just got. Um as this is recorded four days ago, three, four days ago, something like that. and uh, I've got uh, another gun after that that uh, should be coming soonish and we'll see how that one works out as well. So uh, you guys take care. thank you for listening, thank you for downloading and we will talk to you next time. On behalf of Jake Bona and I, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you're interested in more content like this or podcasts, check us out at hawkseyeguns.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.